0: What is up good people? My name is Carter Hewlett and this is the first ever episode of the Better Cinematographer Podcast. I apologize if I sound like shit, I am actually pretty ill. But don't worry, I wasn't ill when I did the interview with Gamba, but I was a little bit nervous because it was the first one and I didn't really know what I was doing. So you can probably hear that in my voice, but at least I don't sound ill. So before we get into this interview, I just want to say a massive shout out to all the people that showed a bit of love for the podcast before it was even out when it was just an idea and I was kind of just talking about it on Instagram and talking about it with people that I would meet and the people that subscribed and signed up to actively be interested and follow the progress of the show. Thank you very much. Like I really appreciate the support um, and it kind of helped me to create the podcast and turn it into a podcast and not just an idea. So as it's the first episode, I just want to explain what I'm trying to do with this and explain what it is and what it isn't. This is a platform for me to talk to other people in the film industry and other people that I've worked with or maybe not worked with and find out how they like to work with the cinematographer and what's useful to them on set, what's not useful to them. I mean, these are conversations i kind of tried to have with people on the day-to-day anyway but a podcast I felt was a good way to share that information with other people and hopefully other people can learn from it and grow from it the same way I do because I just want to be the best DP I can be and I want to get better so basically I want to be a better cinematographer thus the name the better cinematographer podcast I don't think I'm a better cinematographer than anyone else I'm definitely not I don't think this is the better cinematographer podcast as in this cinematography podcast is better than all the others it more than likely isn't I'm just trying to create something and share this whole podcast thing is like super new to me I'm still working it out I'm still trying to figure out how everything works I don't really know that much about sound so I apologize in advance if the audio quality is a bit shit I, I'm still trying to work all of this out but I'm hoping that as I go on and we do more episodes that I learn and the sound gets better all right let's just fucking get on with it gamble Cole, episode one Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it.
1: That's all good, man. Thank you for having me. I feel very grateful to be here. It's all about supporting those that support you, so you've definitely supported me, so I I have to do the same. So yeah, I'm I'm happy, man. Let's get into it. So
0: I guess the first thing we'll do, tell me what you do and kind of how you got there.
1: Disclaimer first. um, I'm currently wearing my aligners in my mouth, right? If my pronunciation isn't on point, please do not kill me. But i am I'm an actor. I don't really like saying that yeah. it feels weird it feels privileged i've I've always struggled with saying that to be honest with you. I don't really like doing that, but I am that's what I do so i have to I have to own it so yes, I am an actor. I've been acting for professionally for five years got signed in 2014 currently signed to independent uh I got into it by i studied BTech performing arts in college. And, and secondary school you're 11 and 10. To be honest with you, getting into it was really awkward, like, because when I was doing my options, it was one of them things where I didn't want to do so many subjects where you're just writing, writing, writing. So I said, I want to do some activity. So I picked Performing Arts. I didn't know what to expect. And I just thought, why not? But before you knew it, I was like, I'm here. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, I was I was a serial bunker, but... um i was at that class like i really really enjoyed it and um yeah i got top highest in the class and then i was like yep this is what i'm studying in college did the national diploma in performing arts finished top of the class in that and then i was like yeah all right i'm gonna be in the industry i'm gonna make spare money i'm gonna buy my mom a house i'm gonna do <laughs> i can do all these mad things and then like yeah it didn't happen straight away. <laughs> <laughs> it did not happen straight away so um Yeah, what brought me up to this point, long story, less long. For the next uh, three years, I was looking for a job. Managed to work in the Olympics, 2012 Olympics, doing security. Yeah, mad. Yeah, I know. Don't, let's not. (laughs) For those that cannot see me, I am not the biggest guy. I am not the biggest guy. It came about because my friend was doing it, and he's... My friend Anderson, he's like 6'5", and uh, he's a big guy. He was like, yeah, man, I know you're looking for a job, so just... So then I went, I had to enrol in a two-week college somewhere in West London. I think it was like Hounslow. Got my SA licence, passed that. And then started working in the Olympics, then Paralympics. Then I signed with a security company called VSG. And then I was working in security for like three years. And I was just like trying to figure out how to get into the industry. Man, it was so tough. Like my spirit, like, it was so tough. Because there's no route into the industry. Nobody. There's no door. No, there's no door. Well, there is, there's a door, but I think that what it is, is that people don't really share much. When they get through the door, they close it behind them and lean against it. And, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Well, I fought to get in here. So I'm going to make sure that anybody who does come through the door has to fight to get in there too. It just made it very, very tough. So then 2014, the beginning of that year, I wrote a list of all the things I want to achieve. And the first thing was to get signed and get into the industry. And in February, my cousin's drama teacher was in London, and he was like, look, I need an actor to do a reading. So I went down there, and then that's where I met um, a guy called Clint Dyer and another actor called Charles Venn. They were trying to get me to read in a patois, which is Jamaican, and I was like, no... Cause like I don't know you in it like why am I why, why am I performing for you? Now I, I still didn't really know what this was, but they're really trying to get a gauge of what you can do. But I didn't see that because I'm I'm not I wasn't privy to that at the moment. So that at the end I ended up reading for him, and then um, Clint calls me in next week for an audition for a play, and I'm like okay, so I go to the audition now. Audition, he phones me, he's like okay recall next week. Went in for the recall, scared. Before that, I've only auditioned a handful of times, and that was for a couple of things. So then, when I left that, 10 minutes later, he calls me. He's like, Listen, I've given you the part, it's yours. And not only that, I've spoken to an agency about you. They're really keen to meet you. Phone them up, here's the number, give them a call, go down and meet them and get signed. And then I got signed, and then I was doing a play straight away at the Royal Stratford Theatre. Yeah, that's how it started.
0: What were you doing to kind of put yourself in a position to become a quote unquote real actor? <laughs> when, when, you're, when you're a security. Um, what was I doing? I was
1: using, I was using social media. I was, I was using Twitter. I was, I was looking at stuff. My first ever role is actually through Twitter. I saw, there's a film called Gone Too Far. It's um, directed by Destiny, written by Bola. Bola Baji. They put out this thing like, oh, I'm looking for extras. And obviously they're filming near my area. I think it was like East somewhere. I saw it and I was like, all right, boom, I'm going to do that in it. So I sent them an email. They accepted me. Went down to the set now, and then before you know it, like Paul and Destiny come up to me and they say, "Are you? Are you an actor?" I said, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Like you don't really know. Like yeah. It's like right, cool. Next thing you know, I'm I'm in the film. Like they put me, they gave me a role in the film. I was just meant to be some walk-on, and before you know it, like I'm in there. I've got shoot dates. I'm getting costume. I'm getting extra money. I'm like, wow, this is crazy that's what I was doing, I was just trying to be active on there, what else, there's like, there's acting websites, there's there's a few things, obviously, I didn't have the money to pay for the subscription, so I was just looking at the free stuff, you know, but yeah, that's it, that's it, I was, I was just trying to, trying to work something, but then for a while afterwards, I stopped, because it just seemed like the work that I had access to was, uh, it just wasn't quality, there's levels to the work, and I knew exactly where I wanted to go so doing that was quite demoralizing and kind of like broke my spirit for a bit and when you're doing 12-hour shifts day shifts and night shifts you don't really have the energy and the time to then go for your dream it took a lot out of me for a very very long time
0: so because you said you're saying you didn't have the energy does that mean that you you took those jobs anyway or you just were like nah I'm not. I'm too. I'm not doing this like as well as the day job.
1: Some yes, and some no. Some obviously you had to apply for a lot of them. It was it was a no because I just I just didn't. It's just I'm one of those actors where I have to connect to the script. I can't just do anything. I always want to move with integrity. I don't want to just do anything just because it might make you famous or whatever. I'm not interested in that. All I wanted to do was do what I love doing. So I just didn't understand why it was so hard. To do what I love doing, why there's there's so much red tape, and why why is nobody helping anybody like like me? Because I wasn't the only one. That was a um, a stumbling point for me. It w- it was more I was more focused on work because I needed the money, as opposed to acting. Because we know, you know what it's like when you're an up and coming actor. You you get exploited a lot for peanuts. It was more doing security, focusing on that. And then it wasn't until... It was my last year. Your SIA badge uh, lasts three years. So afterwards, you have to renew it. And uh, after my three years, I said, that was it. So, yeah, that's when it changed.
0: I think most people listening will know the that kind of creative struggle that anyone anyone doing anything in film, generally you're you're expected to do stuff for free, to to step up. Like, yeah. I, I have done that and I still get asked to do it now. And I'm always wondering, like... At what point does that stop? I mean, exactly. for, for you, would you would you st- even though like given where you're at right now, would you still take free work?
1: I've I last year I made that decision that I wasn't going to do it anymore, and it's it's not even a thing of being egotistical or being like oh I'm pay me what I'm worth. It's not it's not about that. This this is what I love doing, and this is a career choice. And for it to be a career choice, it means that you should be able to fund your life and your lifestyle based off the career that you choose, if you're good at it. Yeah, so I I can't, I can't, you know, and I'm at a stage now where I'm fully self-employed. So if I continuously free work, free work, free work, when my bills come around what do I tell the bailiff oh yeah well I've done some free work and uh you know I've got a lot of exposure you know do you know what I mean like you can't you have to you have to figure out a way to say all right cool I can do that for you because you're my guy or I really I'm really invested in your project but for me personally I had to stop I had to stop because like what you said, when does it stop? Because you keep giving out that favours. And then the more you ascend, the more that person thinks, you know what, well, I can call in for a freebie anyway, so boom. Do you know what I mean? But now your stock has risen. You know, you're a business. You know, I've been told that you're a brand. You have to operate like you are a brand. And yes, you can give freebies away in that. But you have to be conscious of how many times you do it. And you have to be conscious of your value. And what you, for yourself, see for yourself in the foreseeable future. Personally, that's what I think anyway. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I can't... Can't I, do it? No, 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 Nah. No. I mean, I think also, you know, we, we we do a lot. This industry is tough. A lot of things that people see, they see the 5%. They don't see the 95 And you can attest to that in the stuff that you do. They just see the work. They'll look at your show and be like, Mate, all right, yeah, that's sick. But they don't know the the early mornings, all the stuff that you have to do to to even get to that point. And everybody has to do it, of course. But everybody then has to then decide for themselves their value. And for me, I think I've paid my dues in that. I think I've done enough free work for people to say, all right, he deserves. And I feel like f I feel like that for myself. So
0: So I guess as this is the better cinematographer podcast, I should try and angle this now mm-hmm. a little bit more Cinematography mm. based. So, for you, when you're reading a script for the first time, mm-hmm. does the does the how does the aesthetic of the film or how it could be at what point does that come into your head?
1: Straight away, yeah. Straight away, I think about everything. I think about I read I read all of it. I know a lot of actors just read the scenes. I'm reading stage directions, settings, time, everything, so I can picture that. I I need to be able to see myself in this first in my mind before. It's going to happen in reality. I, I go for it. And then I look at certain scenes as well. Because I want to see the journey of the character. You know, a lot of the time being a black actor. The lifespan on screen isn't very long. So I think for me, I'm very cautious of that. So I'm looking at the journey. I want to know what and why, how and when. What's the, what's the purpose? What's the point? Why is that there? What does that do? How does that connect to... Those are the questions that I'm asking myself when I'm looking through scripts, yeah. For me, writing's tough, because as an actor, you want to be able to emotionally connect to that script. And a lot of the time, I have to be honest, a lot of the time, you, you I will look at a script, and I'm not. But you know that at the end of the day, it could be good for your career, or it could be good for whatever. You may not have that emotional attachment, and that's when the the business aspect of acting comes into play. You've got to think, all right, cool, but how does this work for my career path, if you get it? but um, That's how I look at it. I look at it through the same way I picture um, moments especially and um, emotional journeys and relationships and stuff like that. That's how I look at it. Do you look at um, also like shots as well? Do you think about shots and and like the best way to um, really picture What's going on on the script, or is it just more the same? Just looking at the scene and the setting.
0: When I read a script, naturally the shots mm. are like the first thing that kind of come into my head. Like it's more the actual the shot and the composition of the shot, I suppose. Mm. And what how I can frame it or light it is mm. usually framing and lighting to tell the story.
1: Okay, can I, can I quickly just ask you about lighting? Because for me, as a, as a black actor, I always like, when it's, like, time for my close-up, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like, the lighting, like, they go through a mad, like, change mm-hmm. to um get, get my close-up as opposed to, like, my white counterparts and stuff, yeah. yeah. Do you notice that as well, or is that just my paranoia?
0: Every cinematographer is different on this. Okay. yeah. It just depends, because all it is is, like, how much light is reflected.
1: Exactly. It's light exposure and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. so...
0: Darker skin is naturally going to like absorb more light. Mm-hmm. I like to put a bit more in there mm-hmm. because I want there to be, I don't want anything to be too dark mm-hmm. unless it's supposed to be.
1: And it, Sorry, just to cut, quickly yeah, yeah, ask you, is, is, that, is that something that you um, have picked up through training or is that something that you as yourself have sort of come up with and figured out? Because I think, I think for me personally, I don't think everybody has that logic.
0: It's, it's experience, I think. The general trend for cinematographers is t- in terms of drama is we like to light stuff moody, which generally means dark. And that, from my experience with actors, it can worry them a bit because your face is what is doing your job you know you're telling the emotion and everything is eyes and your face obviously body language but ultimately we're looking at a face so if you go really dark with something and say for example i the story dictates that we need to light this dark i've known actors to be like it's too can you even see me like it's too dark how do you feel about that are you ever are you ever conscious on set of like how am i going to look or are you like i'm here to do a job and i'm going to do that job well and i'll trust them to do this
1: Oh, of course. I mean, of course. It's it's not a thing of um, lacking trust for, for them. It's, it's just something to be aware of. I've seen productions come out and, um, you know, the lighting hasn't been great. And you just sort of feel like, mm. on the other side, you've seen where they have taken care and they have made sure. And the lighting is fantastic. And people know, OK, what what works well with that skin type? What mm. looks effective mm. with this skin type? And I think that's a beautiful thing. Even when he's talking about um, Dark, I was thinking about, um, do you watch Game of Thrones?
0: I'm going to get gunned for this. Uh, I, I, I don't. That's okay. how That's how I have the right. time to make a podcast, because right. I don't watch <laughs> fucking 60 hours of series. But nah, talk to me, talk but, to me.
1: Because basically there was an uproar. There was like this big, big fight, war, and um, it was so dark. I heard about and this. And you know what? I, for a second, I thought it was Maya Telly. Because I was, I was, like, changing the brightness on it because I was thinking, wait, hold on a second. What? Wait, this, my, no, it's my telly. It was so dark. They'd done it for a reason. Cool. But for me, mate, you would have just saw teeth and eyes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you would have just saw teeth and eyes and a sword <laughs> and some dragon glass. Because I'm like, mate, like, this is dark. The thing, I, Hannah, and the TV series that I've done for Amazon Prime, there's a scene in it which I love where I'm in the house party and... The lights that Kate used to bounce off my skin, like it just looked so great. Like so I just love those moments. And um yeah, I just think in terms of like lighting and stuff like that, I think it's so key to just making sure that everybody feels comfortable. But, you know, at the same time I understand like like I'm aware, like when when they're like, Alright, cool, we gotta, you know, take a fifteen so we can for his close up, do you know what I mean? It's like, alright, I I get it. But I think it's it's a new thing. It's something that, as an actor, when you get in, when you get on set for the first time, it's new to see all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's cool, though. It's cool. I ain't going to be for that.
0: Let's just briefly, if you just talk to me about Hannah, and then we'll go into kind of your relationship with the cinematographer on that. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And how that worked.
1: But um, Hannah is basically a TV series that was based off a film that came out in, like, 2014. And it's about a girl brought up in the wild... CIA are after her dad and her as well because she got um, taken from a lab called Utrax where they like breed all these like special girls with like special powers and stuff. And my character's name is called Anton. I am. Um, could I call myself a love interest?
0: That's weird. I, I'm just, I'll be honest. I haven't it's gone weird. through the whole series, yeah, but yeah, from weird. where I'm at right now, it feels like it could be.
1: It feels like it could be. Then that's what I'm gonna go with. Is is a potential love interest yeah. for hannah but yeah so so yeah yeah. i'm only i'm only in for a couple of episodes but um yeah like i loved working on that project
0: was it the same because it was eight episodes I eight it? episodes yeah, yeah. so was it the same dp for all of them
1: not that i'm aware of. i don't think so no so they, there was a director for two episodes each and then they had their own uh, d.o.p in. so i was with um amy who was my director and kate who was the d.o.p
0: Female DP and director. That's Amazing. super cool.
1: Do you know what? Yeah, I, it's weird, but I have worked, like, especially on te- television, I've worked more with women than men. More women directors, more women DOPs, like, more women first ADs. I'm really, really happy to see that as well. Yeah. And, and it's like it's been such a fight and such a struggle to get that sort of representation. And I think now, obviously, there's still more to be done. So I'm not going to be like, oh, we're, we're at the place. We're not. Yeah, we haven't made it. But for me and my career, I am just so happy that I can go on set and I can just see women in high places, mm. producers making the choices and making the phone calls, the script editors, you know, all over the place. man. I, I love it. I love it, man. It's great. It's great to just work with a mix of people that aren't here because they fit one demographic or they it's not a ticking box thing. Mm. You know, we're all here for the cause and we want to make the best tv series or best film that's it yeah all the other politics we can leave that at the door we're not here for that we're here to work yeah you know whether you're a man or woman, whatever it doesn't matter we're not do you know what i mean nobody yeah. questions that no, no one cares. talks about that no yeah. one cares no one cares and i think all of this stuff where people are like keep going on and on about it it's like after a while how progressive is it sometimes it can get harmful when you're continuously just pointing at the the negative you know for me my career i'm Man, I'm championing it because I'm seeing how great the projects, the projects that I'm on are so great. They know how to like me, yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure> <laughs> and I'm just having an amazing time. And sometimes I must even say, sometimes working with like men directors, some of them can be quite. All right, we're doing this, 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 this. That's it. But every, every this is like literally every female director I've worked with. We've always had a conversation, and they've always allowed you the space to just act and just create, and whatever we find, whatever jewels or gems we find, we can then talk about that and explore that a bit more. So I don't know if that's maybe because you know I was doing bigger work, and and they were on there, but when I the stuff that I have done, the screen work that I have done with male directors it has been quite like, all right, this this is it, we're doing this 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 and this, as opposed to just. Going with it, you know, flowing with it, having your schedule, having your selected shots, but then allowing the actor to step up and say, you know what, what have you brought to the character as well? You know, what do you want to do with the character? How do you feel about the character? Which for me is fantastic. It just means you can explore a bit more, Mm. you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, you have that freedom, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, because I guess for anyone, anyone in whatever department or role they're in, no one wants to be told what to do no Mm. matter how much they enjoy their job Mm. no one wants to be told what to do or you're just executing Mm. like this is how i want you to do it these Mm -hmm. are the lines i want you to say and i want you to say them like this like like, why why have they hired you if that's how they're gonna you can get fucking anyone to do
1: that i was gonna ask you when you when you are working with like a director like say for example you're working on set and there's a scene there and you feel like there might be an easier way to get what the director wants to get do you, like, how do you approach that?
0: Is that if it's if it's something that I'm kind of discovering on set, like there yeah. and then, yeah. not something that we've kind of thought about in pre-production? No, 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 no. Something
1: then. that you've discovered on set, you thought, do you know what? I actually think it could go. Do you feel like in your position, you're able to um, have that sort of dialect with the director openly and he would listen or she would listen? Or do you feel like you might just get overlooked?
0: I've been quite lucky I think for mm. most for the most things I do I mean it's a little bit different because I do a lot of music videos and mm. they're always quite loose anyway wow. but in the narrative stuff and the one feature I've done I was almost encouraged to if I have not a, necessarily a better idea but a different idea or a new way to shoot something or tell that particular part of the story to just come up with it I usually will try and whatever it is we're shooting if i do have an idea like that i'll try and do it discreetly because i don't ever want to see even though i'm very careful with how i word things and how i talk to people i don't ever want to seem like i'm trying to be a director or yeah overstepping my boundaries yeah exactly i will definitely if i have an opinion i will express it Mm. but i'm very careful about how i do it and i'm respectful about how i do it right and i think i try to be the same with with actors as well but Mm. it's weird i'm not as a dp i'm not supposed to really be like doing anything blocking and like where people can fit in the frame but that's kind of it.
1: For myself I didn't even know I had that sort of jurisdiction. I was just so happy to be there and when you are like that it's great it's a gift but it's also a curse because you don't realise that at the end of the day it's your face that's on the screen. I didn't realise that until I started working with Amy and Kate and they were just before we're even rehearsing we're having that conversation we're hi- having that dialogue how do you feel about where our aim is to what do you think do you like and then when you do that you feel so much more involved so much more engaged and it's like wow it's weird because I, I, i've been on sets where it's like standing there all right do that yep say that there all right you need to do but that now i've experienced the other side i'm like i prefer this grass <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah like, I prefer that, that collaborative process where I can speak to you or I can speak to somebody else and we're we're having that dialogue before we go together and create this scene. And I think the more people do that and the more we move in that direction, oh man, the stuff's going to get even better and better, trust me.
0: It would be great to talk to you actually about your relationship with the DP on that.
1: Yeah, she was so accommodating. She's just, just, just an amazing DOP, man, away from what she does. She's just an amazing soul anyway. She's one of those people where I remember doing a shot where we're driving in a van. Yeah. And she literally, I don't know how she managed to get into this crazy position to hold the camera. camera. And she's like, all right, cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And it's like these things like nobody's ever going to know about. These things don't win awards. Like stuff like that, like risking your health and safety, you know, for a shot. That's that's a big deal.
0: It's a big deal. But it was definitely safe because, you know, safety first.
1: It was definitely kind of safe. (laughs) It was kind of safe. Like, she really could have dropped the camera. Like, for real. For real. Like, she was... like she. This this is what I'm saying. There's something special about people who just really just try and compromise themselves just for the greater good. And that's what she was doing. She was just like, you know what? We need to get this shot. And I think this is the best way. Like, she's working out shots. There's obviously, like, there's a set list of shots, of course. But she's working stuff out while we're on there. And she's, oh, okay, what do you got? I'm going to come from this side instead. And so make sure, I don't know, man, I I can't really <laughs> can't really explain it. But it was just amazing to um, have somebody like that as fluid. Just really like, all right, cool, let's try and work this out. Any problems, all right. We're trying to make it make it happen, you know, and that's what she did. And I think she did an amazing job. The EOPs are definitely unsung heroes, I think. You think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure, because even when, even when people like behind the camera get the praise, it's mainly the director, maybe a producer.
0: Well, producer, when something wins an award, yeah, the producer picks it up. A producer,
1: casting director. Sometimes no one's really calling the the DOPs out and saying you contributed massively to the greatness of this, so um, you deserve the plaudits as well. So yeah, she definitely, definitely does.
0: Shout out. Shout out to Kate
1: Oh that Kate Reed. <laughs> That her and, her and Amy Amazing
0: Did Kate operate As well for the most part Did she ever have An operator And she was kind of Just stepping back And looking at the monitors Or was she always operating Always
1: operating Well mostly operating Yeah, yeah. She she did step back A couple of times But those weren't uh, Like difficult shots Or anything Anything difficult Anything hands on Kate was on it She had her gloves Do you know what I mean Like she ha- she was ready She was ready to go man Ready to
0: go Hands on
1: Yeah can I ask you, how, how do you, when you're shooting a music video, are you more hands-on? How do you operate?
0: I, tr- I try to be, I mean, maybe I get too involved, because I, before narrowing it into cinematography, I was a filmmaker, so a lot of the time I was just doing everything. Right. I've shot music videos that I've also directed and wrote the treatments for, so I'm like, I like, lo- there's a part of me that I'm always, like, super involved. As time's gone on, I still have that, like, passion, and I really care about every project I do, but I have to kind of sometimes take a step back and remember what it is that I'm there to do. And then if I can be hands-on and get involved more, I will. But I just always, like I said before, I just try and be really careful and diplomatic about how I do it. Did that answer the question? Yes.
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, 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 cool. sure. See,
0: I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this <laughs> to be like, I wasn't expecting you to ask me questions. I'm so interested
1: in what goes on behind the camera, who operates the camera, how it's operated, how these things work. Because growing up, you only saw the actor on screen. So now I've got the privilege of working on a set and I'm seeing so many people and there's like only four actors and there's like 40 people on set. It's like, what? What are you all doing here? Everybody has a valuable role in making something come together. So I'm so intrigued just to know how people work, how people even found out about that sort of side of things because I even I never I never even thought about that that never even came to my mind to even be a DOP or be a director or be even even hold the boom pop never just the films just made it's just there film actor yeah. a- actor <laughs> in the camera actor in the camera and you press record yeah and how important sound is and costume and lighting and t- there's so many there's so many jobs behind the camera and that they need to be done right before the whole thing comes together. You can have a great shot, it looks amazing, everything's there, but the sound is off. Kills the whole scene. Yeah, well, the
0: sound is 50% of a film. Wow.
1: You, not only that, you can have a, a great shot, sound is there, but the light is so dark, you can't really see. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, that's dead then. Everybody pulling in the same direction is what makes that work. So I always want to know because um, later on, I want to become a casting director as well. And I want to go on set, and I want to like start like directing and stuff like oh, that. So here he comes, so, um, here he comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. interested. I'm just picking up all the nuggets, all the jewels from everybody else who's willing to share, because not <laughs> not a lot of people are. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I'm just gonna keep that rolling.
0: Man, that's that's cool. I mean, that's a good way to go if you're, because if you're acting, you're kind of like you're seeing everything throughout your career. You're gonna be able to pick up so much, you know, if you want to move into directing, which I think is why a lot of incredible actors then become really good directors are you
1: you saying i'm incredible of course i am
0: (laughs) of course i am definitely well thank you you know i
1: try i'm here this is this platform for me to just wax your ego man (laughs) yeah but no for sure definitely like casting is an important thing for me that's something that i really really want to get into i know we segued a little bit but yeah i I just want to put out i'm definitely interested in casting and um just being a part of that process and understanding how important that is even before we get on set even before we have a read picking the right people how do you go about that because there's so many actors that aren't that good at auditioning but if you get them on set and you give them the time they'll do better than most so, how do you decide for that? I'm really, really interested in that. So
0: that is interesting. See, I never even thought. I never even thought about that. That that kind of situation. Um, to take it back a little bit to cinematography, you know, what you're saying about there's so many people on set. You yeah. know, it's like everyone's got a role and what are they doing? I like to work sometimes not out of choice, but with a kind of minimal crew. I feel like you can move a lot quicker for the stuff that I do. Mm. I can move quicker if there's less people. Do you prefer? having more or less people because if there's less people does it feel like oh, okay this is a bit of a fucking dead shoot because they ain't even got budget budget <laughs> they haven't even got budget for crew but then if you're like seeing like 20 guys and girls stood behind the camera and you're like fuck mm. there's a lot of people here yeah like it, what's it, what's the balance for you how do you like to work
1: it can be intimidating but i think it depends on who's there as well sometimes when like the exec's there or something like it's like oh my days like you better be on your job you know but I don't really mind. Doesn't I don't, make a difference to do you? I don't really mind. No, because I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking at them. I'm focusing on the scene. I need to be working. If I'm concentrating on them, mate, I'm not going to do what I need to do. When when there's time, when there's action. So I don't have time to, to worry about that. However, say for example, if we're setting up and I see it like there's a lot of people it might give me some extra butterflies. I might, I might be a bit like, ooh. In a you know in a
0: mean? good way or a bad way?
1: Uh, good and bad. It makes me step up. It makes me step up because there's a there's people here that everybody has, whether they're working here or not. Their their time. This is their time, and you don't want to be. I, I've always had this thing like I don't want to be the person that's not working the hardest. I take that with me everywhere. Even if I'm on set, if I'm in the gym, I don't want to be the person who's not pulling their weight. Yeah, no so, one will outwork you. No, 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 no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, if I do see like a lot of people there, I would then go back and say, All "Right, cool. Let me, let me take a moment." But I'm ready. I have to step up. I have to step up, and if I don't, like for example, I remember even shooting um, when we when we first met. Actually, when we met on set for Nike, mm. and I I wasn't feeling well, I was I was ill, and I remember because every time we started rolling camera, I'd felt like my nose, like <laughs> I felt like a, my my nose was about to run. So that I didn't, I felt like oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm you know, and I've got all these people here and wasting their time and. It's, I think you can get onto yourself as an actor, but when you're when you're cool, like when you're chilling, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't really mind. I don't small budget, big budget, whatever. Loads of people, not many people. I don't mind. Let's get the work done. Everyone's different, and also energy is important. Energy is very, very important. So if I'm if like I don't have to stay in character. As soon as I hear action, I'm gone. So I don't I don't need to I don't need to stay in character depending on the role. But if 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 when the camera's cut, we can. We can still talk or i just want there to be a nice energy in the room where we can all talk and get along and stuff and even if we throw a few like have a bit of banter or whatever that's blessed for me i prefer that no matter how many people are in the room if we can all talk and we're all cool then it makes it easier you know sometimes you know when you're getting like later on to the end of the everyone's day getting tired. everyone's getting tired we've got a couple of shots left we've got to move and do this and that and then people are getting a bit agitated then yeah you can feed it as an actor because then sometimes you feel like people are just waiting for you to finish so then they like waiting for you to get it right so you can just like move on but um normally that doesn't that's that doesn't really happen
0: that's really cool that you've, you've kind of touched on that because that's one thing i've always wondered maybe this is like a boundary thing but i have no problem on set like talking to the talent and i know that maybe some more tradition. Hold,
1: hold on a second this
0: talent talent
1: this this word Would we're it? all talented we're all talented bro
0: What I'm just talking
1: to the actors, yeah, man, just cast performers or something, yeah. The talent, you it just makes us sound like we're above and we're not. Well, I don't think we are, anyway.
0: No, I agree. I don't, I I guess it's just just convenience. I think it's just convenience. It's like easier for me to say, yeah. I'm lazy with my words. It's
1: not, it's not, it's not just you though. It's every set you go on, yeah. We're traveling the talent, yeah, waiting for talent, waiting for talent. It's like, mate, we're all here because we've all got skills. But yeah, just call the actors my
0: performance. I have no problem talking to the actors yeah. or the extras or anyone on set. Like for me, I don't feel like there's ever a boundary. If I feel like the kind of the vibe is there with the person, like I'll make jokes. Mm. Same as I would make jokes with my crew. Like I just want it to be cool. But that has actually bit me in the ass before. And I've kind of upset an actor before. Oh, but since then, I've learn shut the fuck up but still be cool with people still
1: be cool with people yeah
0: for sure so i try not to make jokes
1: for sure you're right though there is a boundary because you don't want to go too far and start talking about something that's crazy and then they're a bit like wait hold on a second and then then before you know it like you're off the job yeah i can i can see what you mean it's tough I've, i've even had a situation where i was working on something and one of the extras was just like doing just crazy stuff like bothering me like, trying to touch me, trying to, like, oh, man, it was crazy. Like, long story less long, she ended up getting kicked off set because um, she was just doing too much. She was just bothering people way too much. So I understand what you mean because it started off, we were just, I, I get it, she was trying to break the ice. So I was like, all right, cool, I'll play. But at the same time, I've got to work. But when I'm working, they're still trying to bother me. Now it becomes an issue. Because you're going to be stopping me from doing what I need to be doing. Do you yeah, know what I mean? You're working. I'm working. We can play in between cuts and all that kind of stuff. We can talk. We can ban a call. Cool. But when you hear camera rolling, why are you touching me?
0: Oh, oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And inappropriately as well. It was serious. That's mad. It was serious. But I think I love it when the vibe, the energy is great and we can all talk but we all know when to get serious and we all know when to go to work and say, do you know what? All right, it's time. Let's, let's get this done. I think there's that balance yeah. But you won't find it a lot. It's quite rare in the industry, I think.
0: Where can our listeners, at the moment I have no clue how many listeners there are, <laughs> uh, where can where can they like go? What's your Instagram? Obviously, we want to grow the gram.
1: Yeah, man, let's grow the gram a little bit. Yeah, I really struggled with that, you know. You know, like using using social media.
0: That's your fucking website. Instagram is your website now, man.
1: Um, But yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Gamba Cole, Gamba underscore Cole, G-A-M-B-A underscore C O L E.
0: Where can they go to to watch Hannah?
1: You can watch it on Amazon Prime Video. I think you have to have Amazon Prime to get it. Or you can get, like, a 30-day trial. I'm not too sure.
0: Thank you so much for yeah. coming on the show. This is yeah. amazing. I hope that everyone listening to this is getting something from this. Yeah. And I hope that it was worth your time.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be the first guest. After this, I'm going to be, like, tuning in to see who you get next. I'm like, ah, oh, what what angle is he coming from? Is he going to be a director? Is it going to be a birthday deal? Like, who, who are you getting next? Who? Yeah, who do you want to hear from? Um, sound. I want to hear from the sound department. Yep. I want to hear from costume. I want to hear from casting, obviously, because I'm interested in that. Mm. And um, producing as well. Those are the four
0: four okay. segments that I'm interested in. Definitely. 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 getting producers yeah. on. For yeah, for sure. For sure. Mostly need, yeah. because they're the people that get me work.
1: Well, well, <laughs> well. Thank
0: you again for having me. I'm mm. so grateful to be yeah. here. Pleasure to have you. Yeah. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. That was the interview with talented super cool super driven all-round nice guy Gambo Cole I learned a ton from that interview it was really cool to chat with him I hope that there's something in there that was valuable to you if it wasn't valuable and it wasn't educational in any way I hope at the very least it was just entertaining I had a fun time doing it my aim with the podcast is to do these once a week so make sure you check back next week I have Simon Battensby, who is a gaffer from London. I've worked with him a bunch, and he's always super fun to work with, and he's just a really nice guy and cool to chat with. So I'm really excited to finally have this episode out. I know it's probably a bit rough around the edges, but this whole process has taken me like two months from when I first kind of decided I was going to commit to the podcast till now. And, yeah, it just feels great to actually have it out, and hopefully you guys enjoy it and it was, yeah, it was worth your while. Thank you for listening. Other than that, I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. I don't really know how you sign off a podcast. I think I'm supposed to ask you to subscribe and rate and leave comments and stuff, but I'm not really sure what that's about. So if you want to do that stuff, cool. If not, just holler at me on Instagram or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Bye.